Hey, Yohanyaks, welcome back to the Rambling Viking Podcast. We're coming at you with another Blessings from Tragedy. This one actually is very near and dear to me because it is two people, um, two childhood friends, people I grew up with, and uh, one of which I, we're the same grade, and it's a it's a really powerful story. So, you know, a lot of times people say it's easy to talk about an issue when it's far off and, you know, it's going to be someone you don't know or it's a friend of a friend. And then, you know, it happens to someone you directly know and know very well, and it changes your perspective. And that's what happened here with me. Um, so this is obviously going to be talking about teen pregnancy and um, one that did not, come, that, you know, came from, uh, you know, or one that was, how am I trying to say this? That was, you know, given the, the situation, you know, it, it was a an extra spicy one, if you will, I guess, because, um, just because of many of the situation being a Christian school and so on and so forth, but I won't spoil too much there, but it definitely, it helped me to come to a place of, uh, more of compassion, but also a place of hope because in the last 10 years since then, they have managed to successfully build a a multi-child family and, um, um, Maddie herself, she has, they have been able to have successful careers and, and pursue the things they want to pursue. And it's something that I personally have become more adamant about pushing back about as I realize that our culture more and more only talks about children in the form of a burden. And particularly when it comes to say teen pregnancy that, uh, you know, you're as a woman, your, your life is over and you're never going to get, you're not going to go to college. Uh, you're not going to get the job you, you want. And sadly in our world, most likely you won't have your dad around. And that's not the case in this situation. It kind of bucks all those norms and brings back and, and they highlight the joy that, yeah, this may be, it didn't start out. Their family didn't start out in the way, at least the timing that they would have liked, but that it, it, it definitely has still come out to be, um, joyous and joyful and joy filled and that, yeah, things won't always unfold exactly how you want, but that doesn't mean that they can't turn out that God can't use that to turn out for the best still. And yeah, there's still going to be struggles and things will be hard, especially in this situation. And we don't shy away from that, but, uh, it's a great conversation that I very much enjoyed. And I'm so grateful again to the Craigs for being willing to come on and tell this story. I mean, it's not an easy one to tell and it's, Um, especially just given all the circumstances, but I think they did a great job and it really is amazing to see that in some ways it kind of surprised me. They just, they were so matter of fact, like I think a lot of times, you know, when I think about some of the, some of the topics around the, their story and this issue in general, you know, people might weigh or balance and, and they didn't even seemingly, you know, of course there was a lot of anxiety there, but they didn't really bat an eye on certain decisions. And I think that speaks volumes. So, uh, but I, I think it's a great message. It's a powerful one because it is, um, similar to, I mean, what, what these all are is there's a tragedy, but yet through that tragedy becomes great blessings and in actuality, um, you know, it's, it's things still, things still turned out all right. So it's not the end of the world, but that's enough of me yakking. I, um, let's get to this episode.
Well, welcome back, folks, or welcome, folks, to another Blessings from Tragedy story with two of my childhood friends, uh, Maddie and Matthew, Eminem, as I just realized that you guys are. So, um, but they, they've got a really, I think, powerful story, and uh, I'm really excited. I'm grateful that they were willing to come on and share it. So, uh, Maddie, Matthew, sorry, I don't mean to, I, that's just how it rolls off the tongue. I don't know if you care, Matthew, if you're first, because no. you're the husband. Some <laughs> people are weird about that. That's just how it rolls off my tongue. But uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. So why don't you tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself, give us some general background, and um, yeah, take it away. Okay, so I'll guess I'll talk first. I'm Maddie. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we uh, started dating in... Uh, July 2010 and we've been married since June um, 2nd of 2012 so we're coming up on our 10-year anniversary this summer Wow! Uh, yeah it's pretty exciting um, mm-hmm. uh, I am uh, one of four children uh, I have two sisters and a brother and um, we have three kids together or three kids and then we're about to have our fourth probably in July yeah yeah I'm Matthew I we also I also came from a, a four kid household um pretty much started the, the whole how we started our journey together kind of yeah. in high school and and then uh let's see our backstory oh man yeah i think we all so so we all we all grew up going to school together like and uh, i think we all went through the private christian school kind of circuit in enid right and um so i think we all um we all grew up basically in christian homes too right yeah yes yeah yeah so okay Cool. So that's a little bit about you guys and your background. So let's just let's just kind of dive into dive into the story. Like, let's not waste any time here and talk about where this all started. Right. Okay. so um, like background, I said that Matthew and I started dating when in July of 2010 Mm -hmm. in November of 2011, um, right after I turned 18. Right after I turned 18, I um, found out that I was pregnant um, in like the bathroom of my parents' house. And then I called Matthew. It was a very emotional time because, you know, we were uh, teenagers and well, I was in high school still. He had graduated. So he can talk about that. But I was a senior. Um, I mean, when you grow grow up in the church and like you have that experience of like I guess what what now or since past is like a public sin people like Mm -hmm. see and know that clearly you have like fallen short of the glory of God which we all obviously know that we do but that was like oh here everybody's gonna know and I mean there's like some like um, currently now I actually work for a pro-life organization. Um, uh, it's a nonprofit, uh, based in Oklahoma city, but, uh, like the, one of the questions I think that guests had listed was, was abortion ever considered for like me, which it never was like, it was never even like on the radar. Like I, 
we were raised in like the church. So, um, so even just like the thought, like it was a life, it was just a matter of, oh my gosh, I, I it was so overwhelming. The concept of I'm pregnant, I like hadn't even, you know, barely even knew what like, a relationship was, let alone like parenthood or, mm-hmm. or, um, like choice it, like futuristic choices, like the other futuristic choices we were determining before that was like, before this, before this moment in time, when we were dating, like we planned on marriage, like married sometime in the future. But my dad had told me because of some history with our family that like, he wasn't paying for our wedding unless I got married mm-hmm. after college. Mm-hmm. I was like, we'll probably get married sometime after I graduate college. <laughs> and then I found out and then I told Matthew and I mean, he can talk about what that was like. I don't remember if I called you or if I texted you. Yeah. So Maddie called me. I, called I was you. sitting at a buddy's in a buddy's driveway. <laughs> I just pulled up to pick him up. I think we were just going out to eat or something. And Maddie, I don't even remember what she said exactly. I was crying though, I think. She had a hard time. She got choked up. <laughs> and I was like, what's going on? I, I wish I remember the word you said, but. I don't either. And you were like, how are we going to do this or something like that? And she was like, I'm pregnant. I don't remember anything after that, really. Yeah. Other than like, like she said, it was never a thought, like any other alternatives to how we were going to go about the situation. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even know if it was a discussion. No, we didn't. I mean, it was just like, it's just, it wasn't, it didn't even, what are we, it didn't what, even come what are we doing to your forward? Mind. Yeah. yeah. There was no alternatives other than raising this right. kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to have, um, yeah. so. So I told my mom that actually I walked. So I don't know that my parents know this, but I was at my dad's house when I found out. I went to my mom's the next morning and I walked in the door and started crying. And she knew immediately. Hmm. She said, You're pregnant. And I said, Yeah. And she's like, My mom is like, if you know anything about her, she's like a fix it kind of girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, it's okay. Like, we're, we can do this. Like, whatever it needs to be, Maddie. Like, and I just like start, and I went to school that day, which I don't, now I'm like, I don't know how I went to school that day, but we decided, I think we kind of decided like he was going to tell his parents and I was going to tell my parents. So. Yeah, we definitely told, yeah. she told her own parents and yes. then I told my own parents mm-hmm. uh, like separate. Yeah. It was not a together thing, but it wasn't like, yeah. like we were still moving forward together, but I don't, it wasn't now it would be like something we would discuss 10 years later, mm-hmm. I guess 12 years later. But like at the time I was just like, we don't need, we have to come up. I was like, I'm 18. I don't, I don't know, man. Like we gotta, I need some help here. Yeah. And so I told my mom and then I think my mom told my older sister. And I think she told my older brother, which that was a mess. He's a, <laughs> I guess you obviously know Robert, but that was a, yeah. a moment for him. He was, uh, I think he still just likes telling the story because he likes to get people riled up. Like apparently he was with his best friend um, and he like grabbed a shotgun and he was ready to go kill Matthew. But you know, then he calmed down Thank and goodness. realized that was probably not a good choice. Um, and then I told my little sister and she started crying because I was supposed to go on a mission trip to Africa that following um, 
January, yeah, January, February. Yeah. And she was like, you can't go now, can you? Oh, no, I, t- I told her I couldn't go because you can get malaria and you can't go pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was like, that was actually why I wanted to tell everybody. Cause I was like, I was so concerned. Now I'm like, it was such a minuscule thing, but I was so concerned that I wanted somebody else to be able to go in my place because I couldn't mm-hmm. go. So yeah. I was like, they need, to, they need to pick the other person that's going to go. Cause I can't go. Um, so that was like the next thing. So then I had to tell my dad and that was, um, I guess I should have given the background on that. My dad was the headmaster of the private Christian school that we grew up going to. Um, he has a very big, um, prominent stature and like, uh, way about him persona, persona, I guess. Yeah, that's good. Um, even just like as his daughter. And so mm-hmm. telling him and my stepmom, who I love both dearly, was just like, I hate disappointing people. I guess I didn't feel like I was disappointing my mom when I told her. It was just like, I need your help. And when mm-hmm. I told that Francie, it was like, I like, I'm like, felt like I had disappointed like, the life that they had planned for us you had failed as a daughter basically yeah oh yeah yeah for sure and so I went with all all my siblings went with me to tell dad and I couldn't I cried the whole time and Renee Mm -hmm. told my older my oldest sister told my dad why I sat behind Robert my my older brother and cried and then my dad I I think he's fine with me telling this story it's his story too but he was like sad that I was, didn't feel comfortable telling him myself, but I was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, like I failed, you know? And so, but that's how I, we told, I told my family, at least mm-hmm. he can talk about how he told his. Uh, yeah. Mine was not as dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> my family, uh, <laughs> my cousin actually had a little situation like the year before almost but that she was 17 and pregnant yeah she what was do you 17 mean, and pregnant and uh and not a great situation not like ours isn't much better um but uh so my dad was out of town and i don't know if it was the same night it was the same week um that maddie had called and told me and i didn't want to put it off so i came came home and then i told told my mom somehow i don't remember the words i used at all and then uh, I didn't want to tell my dad over the phone. I mean, that's already going to be a big disappointment and like something else for him to think about or deal with, like while he was working out of town. And so we waited till he got home. It was like three or four days later. So it felt kind of bad that like there was, there was a hesitation and, and mm-hmm. I knew he was going to feel like we were hiding something from him or, right. but I didn't want to put that on him, um, get out of town and working and stressed out so I waited until he got home and then told him and then I'm sure it didn't make him feel very good that he didn't feel like we could trust him with the news and stuff like that but it all kind of worked its way out and I think we can actually communicated pretty well considering obviously the news and the situation I mean two 18 year olds pregnant one in high school and not a huge outlook for a career stuff like that so um it's good. I think we communicated that pretty well, but that mine wasn't as probably dramatic as 
Yeah. But it's interesting, you know, because as the parents, they feel like in the face of tragedy, they want you to feel like you can come to them. But then right. the also right. natural inclination then from the child's perspective is that like, it's almost, it, it's, it's, it feels the same as like, if you got an F on your report card and then you come right. home and they're like, Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm upset with you. They're going to get in trouble. But it's like, this is such a different type of situation that it's like, yeah, I'm not happy about this. But, you know, I think the parents definitely are going to come from a more compassionate place. And it sounds like all of yours did and at least wanted to oh, yeah. you know, fi- figure yeah. it out and weren't like, but, but it's sad though, because sometimes you feel those situations where like, uh, maybe, maybe you're like Maddie for you, you, you know, some people, they go and tell their dad and they get kicked out of the house. Right. And it's right. like, and, yeah. and they get shamed. And right. so that's, that's one thing that I think is extra special and probably played a big part in, in and just a speculation of course but like in, in helping you guys through that is that your parents were um, yeah. not not accepting but like we were like brought you in they didn't push you yeah. Right. right yeah one of the one of the things like so obviously my dad handled it like way better than i expected it was more of like a thing that i'd put mm-hmm. on myself but one of the things my dad said and it's like still like you know 10 years later almost exactly well i mean i guess i guess we're past the 10 year mark of like finding out but um uh, was that like, he was like, well, he was like, it's something that I never wanted you to experience, but you had kind of had, the, I mean, not the same, mm-hmm. but the unique experience of being somewhat in the shoes that Mary was in when she was pregnant with Jesus, mm-hmm. obviously like mine was out of sin and she was in immaculate <laughs> conception. but like right. the, but the people that didn't believe it was immaculate conception, like just what those shoes are. But I told like, but I told my dad, I like didn't really feel like the same situation except for like my life had changed on mm-hmm. the trajectory that I thought it was going to go on. It was not on that trajectory anymore, but like nobody, I didn't feel there wasn't, there was only like one person that I'd heard through the grapevine that was like, they're never going to make it. Um, yeah. But like the rest, everybody else was like, accepting. like I was still, I still went to my youth group. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't continue to go to, to school, but I still graduated from the school I was at. Mm-hmm. So well, I remember if we can talk about that a little bit. I mean, so we went to, we already stated we went to private Christian schools, but specifically at OBA, I, that's always been like a big rule is, you know, if you get pregnant while you're at OBA, like you have to leave. And part of that, and some people are like, they kick you out. That's so mean. And it's like, well, you, you, when you go there, you like sign a little rules contract right. and like agree to live right. by that. And um, I remember, I mean, since we graduated together, Maddie, it's like, I remember in Bible class, I think it was in Bible class or something like that. They made the announcement right before Christmas break or something. Um, right. And um, I mean, we grew up, we've all kind of known each other. Matthew and I never really hung out, but like Matt, Maddie and I, like, like I consider yeah. you like, you're a lifetime friend. And so right. it's one thing when you're looking at it from afar and you hear about like, Oh my, you know, so-and-so there was some girl in the situation, but like, I knew you personally. And so right. while there was maybe a quick moment of, of, of almost judgment from me, it was, right. it was like maybe for a snap second. And then it was like nothing but compassion. And like, I didn't, I didn't look at, I didn't look down on either of you and I didn't look at your situation. It was more like, yeah, yeah I don't want to say pity, but it was just like, it was like, man, like how, like, I hope they get through the, yeah, like, it. It was mean, a place I, of encouragement, like, right? Like, I don't want to. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I, mean, I don't think a- anybody, I, I think most people in our class felt that way too, which was yeah. somewhat unique, but or yeah, most people I, at that, least that was about. like a whole interesting. So I told, so like, I didn't, I actually, they waited to give you guys the letter until like, after it was like, 
wow, I can, it's all coming back. I, um, <laughs> January, it was like January 4th or 5th because I was in AP right. uh, English. And so I went on that trip with you guys pregnant mm-hmm. and then we waited till after that. So I could like finish that, you know, huge paper that we wrote or whatever. Feels so right. small now in law school, but, um, uh, so I went on that trip and then I, I, at that point, actually a few people knew, cause I told my best friend at the time was Kelsey Watkins. And I told, um, I don't actually remember the order that I told people in, but I think I told Deborah Park. And then I told, mm-hmm. I think Abby now, um, Abby Eaton now Greenback, but like, I just told like a few select people before. And I was like, I don't know what this means. Actually, my dad met with the board of directors. Like I said, he was mm-hmm. on the board. So like basically it meant like I couldn't continue going to the school. And for those of you that like the reason that I couldn't continue going to the school is like OBA is at, uh, at I think it was sixth graders at the time, six through 12. Mm-hmm. And so like the idea is that they didn't want like them to see a girl or a woman. I don't, I don't know what at the time the 18 year old was considered, but um like pregnant out of wedlock, like at a Christian school, just not a great example. Um, so I still got to grow, like, I still like obviously graduated from there, but, um, like didn't, wasn't just like on campus on a day to day. Yeah. And I so, thought, and I thought that was a good compromise to, to, to kind of that rule was that you were allowed, you right. still did all the schoolwork. You just didn't right. go because like you mentioned before, this is a very much in a lot of ways, you know, quote unquote, an outward sin. Like it's like, everybody knows about it. Right. It's, we right. all have them. We all have our, our issues, but most people's, you know, aren't, some are right. more front facing than others. So. Right. I like in, in full reality, I probably agree with the decision they make. Was mm-hmm. it easy? No. Um, so I'm a very extroverted personality. I was very involved in about just about everything. I mean, I like was raised by my dad is like, was the headmaster at all the schools I went to basically. And so we were always at everything. And so my mom likes to say that I'm a goer and a doer. Mm-hmm. Like I like to go and be where the people are. Um, if you know the song from the little mermaid, I want to be where the people are. Like that's, <laughs> that's me. I want to be where mm-hmm. they are. And so that was probably the hardest part. Um, and then like, like I didn't go to prom for my senior year and like, I mean, I helped all my friends get ready. Like I took pictures, but I was like pregnant and it was so like mm-hmm. now 28 years old, looking back at it, I'm like, oh, poor little Maddie. Like just like watching <laughs> those moments. I mean, like I have like resolved in peace and I don't like, I'm not like sad anymore. It's just like interesting from, especially this perspective of a mother of almost four now, like, man, it's just an interesting time of life mm-hmm. to be pregnant, especially when only one of my friends, one of, one of my probably four best, three best friends in high school has kids. So like out of the four, I have almost four kids. One has one kid and the other two still are like not interested in having kids. So it's like, it's mm-hmm. been, t- or not interested yet at least. And so it's mm-hmm. been 10 years and it's like, I have had almost four kids and they've had none. And so right. like retroactively looking at that, it's like, they some of my friends, like it was, you know, God's timing works out in all things because Matthew became my best friend um, through that time. And my best friends, like Kelsey and Alyssa kind of grew together. And then Abby and Lauren, like, like they all kind of went with each other and it was, and it ended up working out because I had him. 
So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's one of those things where it all kind of flows together. So you had that shock and all moment. And then you kind of talked about like what, what you went. So I guess, so following like the announcement and whatnot, I mean, what were the conversations like then? And, and what was, how, how did things move forward? I mean, before that, do you, were you, do you feel like you were maybe serious enough or possibly on the track to marriage and this, you know, maybe expedited that or where, where did you stand from there? Can you talk about it? Yeah. I mean, in short, I, I don't know. I, don't, I wish I remembered some of these conversations we had. I don't remember any of them. <laughs> but I don't even know if there was very many of them or how in depth they got. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, well, just whatever it, you can recall is fine. Right. right. I'm just mm-hmm. like, it for sure expedited the situation. I, I think that's all it really right, did yeah. as far as I remember the feeling of us having any conversation um it was we were because of the difficulty of having the child prior to being married um we didn't want to go through that situation because it was basic it was not inevitable but there wasn't any changing of my feelings or as far as I know Maddie's feelings in between that time period so it was just let's uh Let's go ahead and do it. Let's just mm-hmm. out, have that little shotgun wedding <laughs> and uh, and then have Naomi and then, you know, track our lives together that way. Wasn't yeah. ever. It was, yeah, it was. I mean, like we before we started even dating in 2010. So like long before I got pregnant, uh, he had just like kind of come out of an on and off relationship with a, like a, just a high school girlfriend. And I like told him before we started dating, like, I'm not like dating just to date like i don't mm-hmm. i don't yeah you know we we're raised in the church and the christian school like <laughs> yeah. we don't waste our time with yeah there's intention yeah and yeah. so i told him i was like like i like i'm not that like i expected him to be the man that i married um mm-hmm. but like at the time i i was like i'm like don't date me if you're just like dating like i'm not yeah you just like, out for I'm a good time or are you trying to find you know exactly. person to marry so, like Right. pretty i don't know even by the time we got pre- like i gotten pregnant like we def- we both i think envisioned like our future together mm-hmm. and so when i found out that i was pre- i was pregnant like i don't know if i've now gone to law school and so if you're um like if you're married before the baby's born basically like he he's would be automatically the father on the birth certificate if you're not, then it's like you can have contested paternity, which at the time I didn't know, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to be married before our baby got here. Yeah. And so um, he proposed in February on Valentine's Day of mm, Very original. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and so we, he proposed then and we got married on June 2nd and then Naomi was born a month and four days, two days later on July 4th mm-hmm. of 2012. So and yeah. July 4th, baby. Yeah. Okay. Baby America. is her nickname. I guess really reflecting on a lot of, even prior to us dating, like us being together, like that was, uh, so many blessings came like even through this, mostly through the school and mm-hmm. through, I can name drop Mr. Mendenhall like I can't recite word for word 
what we were even talking about, if it was even a topic in the discussion we were having in Bible class, but the whole, like, why waste your time and pour so much of your time and energy and love or so-called love into somebody when you're not actually pursuing that person the way that God wants you to pursue them. Um, and that kind of hit home, like probably, I don't remember what grade we talked about that. But anyway, that really hit home like prior to dating Maddie um, before. And I was just not happy with where what I was doing prior. And I knew that my goals in the future before dating Maddie were going to be a lot more, uh, not permanent, but like, uh, intentional, my time, my time and my joy was going to be a lot more intentional, um, with who I wanted to pursue in the future. So like looking back at it now, it makes a lot more sense to, but yeah, I'm glad that kind of helped out for me anyway. I don't know if they, that helped out a ton for her. But yeah, it did. And I felt it was kind of default at that point. No. Mm-hmm. I, he says that a lot. Like, I think it's just to be a butthead, but <laughs> definitely not a default choice. Uh, well, and something he always says, um, I'm like, you got, you got so lucky, like if I'll make a good meal or, or eh, um, I don't know, do something nice. I'm like, you're so lucky. And he's like, I'm not lucky. Like I didn't luck out, Maddie. He's like, I chose you. <laughs> um, and so now that we've been married almost 10 years, I'm like, when I do things that irritate him, um, uh, I'm like, you chose me, baby. And he <laughs> like looks at me and he's like, rolls his eyes because oh. he, he used it as an endearing thing. And I'm like, I'm uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no, wives are really good at turning good things <laughs> into and using your own words against you, I should say. Yeah. Um, so Matthew, real quick, if you, um, I mean, you may not have much to say on this, but I want to kind of sh- get your opinion. So like coming from the guy's perspective, I know that that's something that's um, something that's kind of predominant in the culture is, and I know it's a joke that I heard a lot when I was younger and it was mostly a joke, but at the same time, I think there was some truth to it. Was it like, as a guy, like, you know, the girl gets pregnant, like the baby's inside of you, but the guy kind of has the freedom to be able to step away. And I know that that's kind of a common joke in the culture, like, Oh, get a girl pregnant. And like, okay, I'm going to move to South Dakota now. And like, because I don't want that, like you, it's an oopsie like that for me personally, I was always of the mindset. If I ever got a girl pregnant, like, I, more or less same decision as you like that's the girl i'm gonna marry like i'm i'm gonna be there for the kid but in the culture and that's something that we see is prevalent now is like fatherlessness is rampant and so i don't know if you want to talk about like your mindset around that like did you have any thoughts like that i mean it doesn't sound like you were even wired to raise to to, to to think that way but um or did you have any influences around you maybe that would have pushed you that direction i mean gotcha. yeah no we, i mean without the the way that God has basically struck, structured the wise and um, uh, influential people around men growing up uh, really had an impact on, on, I guess, the decision and my thought process going, <clears throat> going through the situation. I, uh, I know that's, I mean, we look at it living in the small little town, I mean, small little town, 60,000 or so. But um, compared to others, like, I'm sure our 
the initial story of a high schooler getting pregnant is not for us, it was a little shell shocking being at a Christian school, but I'm sure that's not something that's uncommon um, in a lot of places. Um, so, I mean, you hear all the, a bunch of the stories about the guys that just like, oh yeah, they did this and they stepped away and they moved away and they just never really have to do, deal with it again um, as far as being present. But uh <clears throat> Yeah, the the uh, I wanted to be intentional, hundred um, percent. I I know a lot of. I mean, you even watch the TV shows, and they either like you said, joke about it, or mm-hmm. it's just like a thing that men do, or um, and it just it's like uh, it's not even a second thought for even the other side. I mean, you and I talk about how like you would be there for whoever mm-hmm. went through that with, but uh, I'm sure there's an, a whole other side to it that's like oh no i'd walk away like i wouldn't have anything to do with it i'd cut ties um so i think growing up where we did with the people that really influenced me like i said uh i mean it was that's just super it was a big blessing for me and then i'm sure that uh <clears throat> grows on maddie also but that's there, i wish there was more of a thought process to it I mean, we've had to be a lot more intentional now being like, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to be there. And then you're just there. Right. Like, to have successful. And mm-hmm. I, I know, you know, this being, being there, married and young and married, like things change when you're married to that person. I mean, even if you. <laughs> what? Well, I just, yeah, we, we were young married. So. Yeah. As much as you think you can know someone until you live with them. And then, I mean, I'm sure living with them pregnant is a little bit different too, but <laughs> living with them, like you have to be, uh, you have to work on it so mm-hmm. much. You have to be intentional with almost all of your time. Um, and then, I mean, obviously Christ is first, your wife is second, your kid's third. Um, but like, I guess just through the whole situation, having a lot of wise men around to influence that and to pour into me growing up through the church through the school Uh, my dad like it's all it all really built up to to what I tried to live up to for Maddie and and the kids so yeah so um I'm not sure how to phrase if I'm going to phrase this question right but um, kind of on top of that, I think of it like I'm not a father yet, but I definitely see like the type of joy that kids bring to parents and but specifically talking on the fatherless in this thing. I mean, if you kind of can you kind of talk about like the guys and the culture that is like I'm going to I don't they don't want to take step into that responsibility of being there for their child. Like what are they missing out on in, ter- in terms of? Um, you know, the joy that comes from having a child, even if it is not out of the most ideal situation of when you want it to happen. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm not out of the ordinary in that aspect. I mean, you, you talk to anybody that has a first kid, like it was the second Naomi was born. It was like, Literally. I mean, you can see the look on his face. I mean, I mean, I don't know how I looked, but I'm sure like it was waterworks and every guard was dropped and it was like, you're 
halfway and you know 50 percent in charge of this little human that's came in the world <laughs> and it's super like 100 just like completely overwhelming and it's a uh, um there's not i can't top the joy that i get from being a dad and knowing that i have the opportunity to <clears throat> raise little kids to grow into adults to <clears throat> Uh, just pour into them the love that Christ has shown through me or however I can show Christ's love through them. Like that's the greatest joy that I can feel is seeing Christ through them and knowing that I had a teensy part of that. Um, I mean, you can see it through the acts of service that Naomi does or just trying to make a kid smile or how she acts towards her brother and sister. So um, they're missing out on a ton of joy a lot of frustration but a ton of growth and maturity and wisdom that you can um then you can <clears throat> step into there's just a lot of big opportunities i think you can miss out on if you just can't own up to a decision that you made initially um well, it can be seemingly daunting but i think what gets lost in in like the in the face of, of a tragedy like that and just right, that's yeah. just the term you know right is that is that um what can get lost is that joy and i think that's something that's kind of missing so something, something yeah. that like my stepmom also mm-hmm. said Francie, my dad's wife um she was my she's been my stepmom i'm 28 for tw- like 25 years um mm-hmm. one thing she said was you know, in Psalms is at 130, I think it's 139. I might be misquoting, but it's like, you know, where it talks about God creating us uh, in our mother's womb and how he knew us before we were even cre- like Francie was Francie always said, like God made Naomi like a long time ago. So like you might've he brought the timeline up for Naomi mm-hmm. than, like, you know, ideal, but like we aren't, nobody is upset about this human being. It's just like the, sin the out of wedlock mm-hmm. logic so like um somebody i don't know if it was Francie or somebody else but somebody else said to me like it's hard to separate the sin from the blessing because children are a blessing and god says mm-hmm. that like, so much throughout the bible and i think so it's people think that like um unplanned pregnancy or crisis pregnancy or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it is this like threat like tragedy the thing itself like out of wedlock without you know without a plan it's very hard like matthew is saying like i we were married for one month and i was nine months pregnant for that one month we were married before we had kids mm-hmm. and we've never had an experience of just us since mm-hmm. i mean like that's not like we've gone on trips like whatever but like as far as our life but like we wouldn't have it any other way i mean right. like like every time we have another kid you think it's like it gets less special it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> so great yeah and like he said it's just so fun to watch their unique personalities and just like to be a part like I every time like I think of it I'm just like I'm just so grateful that I get to be your mom like I just I'm like mm-hmm. you know that I get to be a part of whatever God is going to do with your life like each of them are just so unique and special and their gifts are so tailored and it's so fun to watch the person you love most in the world like be half of that person so like mm-hmm. like we'll be 
like the joke is like your daughter's doing something <laughs> like your son, like go get your son they're you know because it's like it's there so whenever they're doing something either like that person or not good so like it's like when they're giving attitude it's like mm, they're acting like you or when they're right. being a lunatic they're acting like me or whatever it is so it's just I don't even remember where that came from but so just- Matt Maddie for you so I kind of same same sort of idea but I mean I guess how how do you think things might have been different or um just maybe talk about how much of a difference it made that Matthew committed to you and was of mm-hmm. that mindset as opposed to maybe being of the other mindset of like oh you're pregnant like and then and kind of run away and, and try and escape right. the responsibility how how did that impact your the situation so I I kind of like that I get to talk about this because for the listeners out there that have never met my husband, he's, so I'm a nine to one extrovert and he's a nine to one introvert. So I think that like, whereas like, as far as his story goes, like not very many people go it and he doesn't care to share it. Mm-hmm. Um, like as far as like talking about it, but he's like the best person on the planet. Like he, um, I think if I were in any situation, I mean, like I said, like I chose, I chose him, he chose me. So it's like, we wouldn't be in this situation with anybody else, but he just like, he, I don't, I don't even have to ask him to step up because that's just who he is. Mm-hmm. Like he just is just, just a man of character and integrity. So like, if I were in a situation without him, if he wasn't who he is, I like, I obviously wouldn't have the three other humans that I'm caring for now. I mean, caring for one physically, in my body but the two other that exist because we got married but he like just like always steps up in every way so like we got married in June of 2012 and I started classes he worked at um a fabrication shop is that right is that right? yeah as a welder and like I started college classes and like he support he supported our family for eight years by himself why I went to call like why I went through under like my associate's degree my undergrad in law school mm-hmm. all by himself because he's just the best person on the planet but like if I if that wasn't if he wasn't here I can't even imagine I mean my family is like super supportive my um mm-hmm. before Matthew and I had a plan my dad and my stepmom were moving to Edmond and they were like looking for houses that you know maybe Naomi and I could live in with them and so like I, I would, I would have had a future. I don't even like to think about that. Like future is without like, I don't, you know, you can look at like what would have happened if I don't even care what would have happened. Our life is beautiful and like Mm -hmm. wouldn't have it any other way now. So like it's, but only because like he is the man who he is and like has the character and integrity and trustworthiness that he does. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, So that kind of actually acts as a good little segue, though. Um, So you mentioned like going to college and whatnot. And I put that in our our pre-show notes, too. So that's another thing that I think is, you know, if if, especially for the girls, though, but for anyone who finds himself in this situation, like you were, I mean, you apply to school, you and you it's like, Hey, I'm going to college. Like you got all these plans. Right. And this obviously changed those plans. And I think, I think 
commonly what people give into is the thought that like especially as um as the mom is that like my life's over i'm gonna just have to be a mom i'm not gonna be able to go to college i'm not gonna be able to do this and that's part of the reason why i wanted to do this is because you guys now have like a really happy family and like you said you now have been through law school and really on the same timeline that anyone else our age would have would have gone through that so i i, <clears throat> I guess what i'm getting as i mean you maybe kind of want to walk us through like life how you navigated that because it's obviously it's not easier but it's, and it's, it's still doable, but it's maybe just a little bit harder. So I think a lot of how we navigated it was just like support. So we lived in Enid, um, mm-hmm. for my whole undergrad. Um, uh, I, there was like a, I, I could probably list them all now. Um, but there was like a, a group of women, including his mother, um, cause my family had all moved, um, that helped watch Naomi while I was in class. And then, um, I did like some online classes. So I went to junior call. I just like, I went straight in now. I'm like, man, you're crazy. I was crazy, but it was like, <laughs> I had no, I didn't know anything else. We didn't even like discuss anything else. It wasn't even like Maddie, you should probably get a job. It was just like, yeah. I go to college and he's going to work. Now I'm like, I don't like, I was a little like, uh, I was full of myself, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, full of yourself. Very determined. Yeah. I guess that's probably, I get, I get that mm-hmm. title a lot um but so I like I just like had I was like hey I have class can you watch Naomi for this class and I would go to class and I would pick her up mm-hmm. and then I mean like Matthew kind of kind of touched on earlier that first few years was hard I mean we were 18 figuring out how to be parents going to school but then I graduated ju- like junior college in 2014 and then I applied for the the university like in uh, in Enid, I mean, based out of Alva. And then I graduated, I actually graduated with my undergrad in three and a half years because I was pregnant with our son and I wanted to be done with school before I had him. And I got my, um, undergrad in psychology and applied for, uh, like a, uh, council, like a UCO for the licensed practitioner counselor program. And I didn't get in. And so it was like, okay, so I kind of like took the year off and then I was watching a TV show that we don't need to talk about it. Um, but <laughs> was like, Hey Matthew, what do you think if I went to law school? And he was like, okay, Maddie. And then I was like, <laughs> I'm kind of being serious. Like, wh- what do you think if I went to law school? And he was like, I don't even remember what you said. Do you remember what you said? I don't remember. No, it was like, I, he just lets, he just like, okay, what, do whatever you want. <laughs> kind of been like that our whole year. And then I, so I took the LSAT and I was like, I'm just going to apply. Like if I don't get in, like, I probably won't get in the first time. It's okay. Like I've read, I'd done my research. And at that point it was like, I'm probably not going to get it. And then I got in. And so July of 2017, I started law school. And then December of 2017, Matthew graduated with his undergrad, which he did. I mean, he, he, you can talk about that if you want, but basically it was just like, uh, supporting each other like we didn't really have a lot of extracurricular activities now our one extracurricular activity is CrossFit that we do together that's it and our kids like going to their sports but just like supporting each other when that person needs to study or do homework or he still and full disclosure for those of you listening I still have not passed the bar yet so I may be impressive Dang it. <laughs> um, 
I was wondering about that. I hadn't asked. I was afraid to ask. But um, so I, I don't find out the results until Friday. So we're just like, oh, okay, I okay. might pass it by the time we find out. But who, who knows? Yeah. But well, uh, out, so if you get a new, yeah, this won't come out before this Friday, next Friday. This Friday, the first. Oh, yeah. No, it won't be out by then. I, it, it'll probably be a couple weeks at least. So. I figured it would. But as of right now, we still don't know yet. But I'll, I'll, I'll just know. include I'll include the 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 whether you pass or not in the description. Yeah, there you go. So the listeners yeah. can just check there and see if Maddie passed. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I'm kind of hearing from you guys is and this is, you know, I think a lot of times I've, I've kind of expressed a lot of the I think the common anxieties that come with it of like, you know, you have to tell your parents, what are we going to do? And, and my life is over. But I mean, you guys kind of seemed like you didn't even really miss a beat in some ways, at least now. And it was just like, okay, we're having a kid. So like, we're going to get married and we're going to, we're going to continue to live life. And we're just going to figure it out with, you know, now having a kid now being married sooner than we expected. And like, you didn't, you didn't even, and I'm sure you maybe had those thoughts, but you were just like, no, I can, I can do it. And so, I mean, was there, was, were there certain, and it sounds like you had a lot of support too. So I guess, um, did you, did you have, I mean, I don't know if, I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to ask, but I'm basically like, I mean, how did, how did you, did it just come naturally to have that mindset or was there, was it, was it through the support or was it through kind of the culture we grew up in? I mean, what, what do you attribute just being able to, more or less just kind of take it in stride Uh, it definitely comes natural for me i think but that comes uh to the history of like my parents got divorced when i was young so it was just like you just like adapt you learn and Mm -hmm. you go you move on whatever happens you just do it i don't i can't speak for matthew but i think it was just like i mean we had so much support though that it's like of course like that was like if I were in a different situation, we talk about that a lot. If we were in a dig- different situation and we didn't have the people who were praying for us, like, mm-hmm. h- like helping us. I mean, b- basically we had free childcare um, for at least the first year. I put, I mean, I don't even remember when I put her in the Mother's Day Out program, <clears throat> but it was not for the first couple years. Two, yeah, yeah, I don't remember. But like, so for, for two, at least two, probably two years, we had free childcare and like, mm. If you're, if you know anything about parenting, that's the most expensive part. That diapers and formula, and then like my, Mm -hmm. like we had the support there too, because like my dad and Francie would buy, like formula and diapers from Sam's, and they'd bring it down for us, and my mom would come help, like with our. We lived in a, in a two bedroom, one bath, um, house that was like four hundred dollars a month for rent, for our first two years. Yeah. It was like 2014 sometime when we moved into that went to our first house that we bought mm. but um i think it's just it comes in stride to me i guess naturally mm-hmm. i don't know what you'd say i don't know if it was as much it just like happened in stride we i didn't i didn't <laughs> i mean you hit this the, the point and you hit the news and then uh that it's going to happen whether you want it to or not. So you either buck up or you leave. So, uh, I mean, and that wasn't really an option mentally. I mean, I don't remember it being an option like we'd already talked about, but uh, I mean, it took a lot of day by day choices to continue. 
Yeah, just growth as a, I mean, as an 18 year old and an 18 year old. He um, was 19 actually. Oh, was 19. By the time Naomi got here, I was 19. Yes. So <laughs> eight months so older than me. Super. He'll be 30 soon. Big difference oh, in maturity man. between 19 and 18. So we uh, <clears throat> uh, just constant practicing discipline and uh, like we pr- honestly probably put a lot. I probably put, I, I don't probably, I definitely put and have to catch myself to not put so much pressure on specifically Naomi because she she's like the result of our you know initial sin and it's like mm-hmm. you want her to do so well that you put a lot of pressure on, I put a lot of pressure on her um to be so much of the opposite of what our culture would assume her outcome would be right um, percentage wise you just i just want so much more for her than than what's portrayed out there the statistics and the statistics mm-hmm. and, like what yeah. so um she's everything and more so like uh um i guess that was a big driving force in my in my thought process is um i didn't want any i didn't want people to have pity i didn't want people to have shame i want them Maddie to do the best she could and nothing to hold her back. I wanted nothing to hold Naomi back. I want them to hold me back and whatever it took to basically have, I mean, obviously guided through Christ, not just our own, you know, mindset, but just having him, you know, guide us in that way, but just be headstrong with it and be tough when it wasn't super easy to be tough. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was a consistent cho- or a constant discipline choice to to try to not change the statistics. But yeah. I mean, that's the first thing I feel like we either heard from people yeah. that kind of would feel sorry for us is like, oh, you poor thing. Like, right. it's like, no, like, I'm, we're going to like, if there's yeah. a conquering point to this situation, we were, I was bound and determined we were going to come out the other side a little bit different so i said i only heard like one negative comment i don't even know if it's true but it definitely got me um there was one person that told me that somebody else said so you know like i said mm-hmm. don't know that we weren't even going to make it six months into marriage and i was like well let me tell you <laughs> for, for whatever reason it was always like i went when matthew i'd be like I don't know what it was. And I think it's just like, when you go through something traumatic, like having mm. a baby at 18, when you don't think it was like, we just got to make it to five years. Like, I don't know why that was like right. a trigger in my brain, but then we got to our five year anniversary and I was kind of like, Oh, okay. Now we just live our life. I guess. Like, I was like, <laughs> like, like, um, and so I told Matthew, I was like, man, I think that like, obviously like you know, in retrospect, I can like look back at our first year of marriage and Naomi's first year of life. Like there was definitely, like, it was not all like sunshine and rainbow, which I don't think we're displaying it as that, Mm-mm. but like, there was definitely like some, like, I don't know if it's postpartum depression for me or just like depression of like the life that my friends were having. And I had no right. idea what I was doing. And I had no friend, like, like I said, Matthew is my best friend. And like, we're so close now, I think because of like what we went through together, but like, there wasn't anybody else. Like I, I'm also really good friends with people that are 10 years older than me now, because that's kind of like the, where we were sitting, like everybody that we hang out with. I mean, we now, we are just now probably in the last, what, two years getting friends that are like close to us in age. 
Yeah. For like a good, I mean, we've been married for almost 10 years now. There was like people that probably in the last five years are the first time we've actually like had friends. Like for the first five years of our marriage, it was just me and him and our families. Yeah. Our mm-hmm. peers coming out of high school, they were like 28, like our age now. They were, yeah. Like, that was kind of the median. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but like, it wasn't, I think, like Matthew's right. It was just like making daily choice. Like, like when we did, when I got pregnant, I was like, buddy, I'm not getting divorced. Like I, I've seen divorce. It's not mm-hmm. cool. I'm not doing it. So like, we're not just getting married. Like we're in it for the long haul. Like yeah. these vows, we, these vows aren't, there's no take backsies on these yes. vows. <laughs> so like, I'm always like, we always have this like running joke. Like you're not going anywhere. Cause mm-hmm. you know, so, or I'm not letting you go anywhere. So yeah, no, uh, I'm, I'm the, I'm the same way. And like, I, I joke with that with Juliana too. I'm like, She's like, can you put up with me? I was like, I'm stuck with you, whether I can yeah, or I can't. So I better yeah. figure out how. <laughs> this is like, and so, but in like, we, we've gone through like a few marriage conferences and like, I mean, it's just like actively choosing, you know, mm. to, to, you know, love your spouse in spite of the things that drive you crazy or because of the thing, like, because of the way God made them so uniquely special and so uniquely like for you, um, like the things that drive me crazy about Matthew like are a perfect compliment to me um mm-hmm. they drive me crazy oh uh, they drive me crazy but like they are a perfect compliment so that's why they right. drive me crazy because they weren't what I would choose um mm-hmm. but it's good for uh, you yes yes <laughs> yeah doesn't seem like it <laughs> takes a couple seconds to be like okay yeah I've hurt because of these reasons. yes <laughs> but yeah so how, how is this whole situation, how, especially now that you're 10 years, over 10 years removed from it, how has it changed your perspective in general, maybe on life, marriage, parenthood, or even um, these similar situations, maybe people who go through something similar, the same things that, uh, that you did? How, how did, it, did it change your perspective or what lessons have you pulled out of that? So I think for me, the, like, I talked to Matthew about this, like we have like a few seasons where I feel like God has really taught me specific things, but from, um, when I was pregnant with Naomi, that season for me, he specifically taught me one, just how deep Christ's love is for us. Like it's just unfathomable, unfathomable, Mm -hmm. his love, how deep it is for us and how much it was displayed. And then the other thing was like, you never really know what's going on in people's lives. So like our sin obviously is very public, mm-hmm. but we are all sinners and all fall short of the glory of God. So it's like just realizing that, um, I mean, not to make myself feel better, but like just to know, I mean, our, our sin was public. So it's just like one of those things where it's like, yeah, we're admitting here that we have fallen short. We know we've fallen mm-hmm. short. Of course you can see that we've fallen short, but mm-hmm. like so has everyone else. That, right. like perfection like christ is the only perfection example so just remembering that like to turn our eyes toward him and nobody else because mm-hmm. even the best examples even the the wisest people that we know they still fall short which is i mean obviously having the wisdom around you is great but like fixing our eyes on christ holy is the best i don't know what you learned at that time um <clears throat> I guess I would agree with that last last part of that 
statement. Uh, you just, you don't know, I guess, basically what's happening behind closed doors. You, it was a lot easier to, in between now and then, okay. <clears throat> in between then and now, coming from not such a judgmental standpoint of where we were uh, growing up in the, like the church and you're like, you have these niche groups and you don't ever hear about, oh, so-and-so did this unless it was gossip. But uh, it was, it's so much easier now to, um, to feel how someone else is in a, in their own sin and to, I guess, communicate and to empathize with that. Um, because it's, because like Maddie said, our situation was so public, but I think it also gave a lot of opportunities for people to feel like they could open up, at least to me, um, some of the stuff that they were going through. And maybe they wouldn't be able to talk that way to someone they didn't know that was also struggling with sin or right. um, something that's happening with them. It's like, oh, I didn't talk to this guy because he yeah. knocked up his high school girlfriend. <laughs> But I mean, but it, seriously, though, it, it's it like really did open up a lot of opportunities that I would have never thought were even there for people to just talk. Yeah, and, I think even still today, like when we tell people our testimony, they're kind of like, oh, really, that happened to you? And then all of a sudden, it's like the floodgates opened and they're like willing to carry on these full fledged conversations. I mean, like, like we'll have like this kind of conversation and it's like, oh, yeah. Well, I'm, and then they like find out our age because we look, you know, most, mm-hmm. most parents at the school that we send our kids to are 10 years older than us, maybe a little less, but on average, 10 years older than us. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, uh, it's like once they find out our age, then it's like, it's just kind of like, let's just get this out of the way. Like, yeah, we right. had when we were 18, like, and like, oh, here, and then they're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like, but then kind of like Matthew said, they're just like, Oh, you're a sinner? Like, here, let me tell you about my struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of like that's God's window to our our testimony is God's window to like being able to, I don't know. So now it's your it's your biggest yeah. icebreaker with people, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah or like be sure. in them when with their struggles. I think it's just uh-huh. like gave us such a unique perspective that it's like like I don't know. It's God, God's the judgment. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, not that like, I won't do all the things that like are biblically accurate with that, but. Well, well, that's interesting. I never, I never, I guess I never would have thought about it from that perspective that like, actually you have something that is so kind of out there and then you are also then willing to share it that um, because I think, you know, naturally when we have conversations or whatever, we always whether we realize it or not, we always want to kind of portray the best side of ourselves and right. don't want to talk about our flaws, but sometimes, you know, our flaws need to be dealt with. And, and that, that's part of the reason for this whole series is to remind people that like everyone has their struggles and it's okay. Like you can be open about it. You don't have to try and, you know, right. hide it, conceal it, um, or, or necessarily feel all that shame. So that's, that's really cool. That's now become like your biggest tool for your testimony, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah. So, So I guess um, I think we really kind of covered everything and we've already been going right right at an hour almost. So I won't, I don't want to take up any more of your time because it's getting late there. I mean, it's getting late here too, but um, 
I guess, do you have any kind of closing thoughts, comments, whether it's encouragement to someone who might go through this situation or even, um, I mean, just any closing thoughts you might have around about anything about this, whether it's encouragement or reflection, whatever. Yeah, I think that like my probably closing thought would be one, if you find yourself in a crisis pregnancy, there are like, even if you, and you don't have support like we did, there are so many, what they would call crisis pregnancy centers within each state, like mm-hmm. that can give you free resources. And two, like, you don't know Jesus. He's the biggest help in times of trouble. And then two or three, I guess, like marry a good person because when you're going through hard times, like having like your best friend with you, like just makes everything hard suck less. <laughs> you got closing thoughts? Uh, closing thoughts. I, uh, yeah, uh, Cornerstone's got to be based on Christ. And then you got to lean 100% into if you are going to go ahead and marry the person um, you're with, you got to be a hundred percent in it and they need to be a hundred percent in it also. Um, Cause it, you can't always give a hundred percent of yourself, but as long as you're trying that you're, you're going to get more than that 50, 50. Um, Cause that doesn't ever work. But, mm-hmm. um, and do, I don't even know. It, it, you just gotta own own up to, to what you the decisions that you Me. put yourself into. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta gotta own it. And I think the greatest things like you you brought up what like <clears throat> I guess brings the most emotion out of uh, our situation is just like so much joy in the fact that we went through what felt like such a hard situation. Not that we're not in a hard situation now. Um, but every hard situation we find ourselves at, if we turn around for a split second and reflect on it, there's so much growth and joy and um, great emotions that I feel like made us better people and better Christ followers and better parents because of the hard situations. And like, just don't turn away from anything like that. If you have an opportunity, might be something that could be, that can have like be the biggest part of your testimony. Right. Um, and I, like, I just think the hardest things in life turn out to be, even if they're failures, like something you look on as like, Oh, God was using me in this time for this purpose over here. And so I think even if it's hard, you go through it, you lean on Christ a lot and you come out better the other side, whether you failed or not. Right. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I mean, as you guys proved, it's not the end of the world, the end of your life by any means. I mean, um, it just, yeah. You might marry a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You might. One day. We hope. (laughs) Oh yeah. No. Check the description. We'll have the for sure answer in there as the listener. This is my favorite part about podcasting is because at time of recording, when you're pre-recording stuff, it's like, we don't know this yet, but by the time this comes out, it will be known. So it's like this whole time travel. (laughs) So we're in the past, but they're listening to it in what is the present, but the future for us. So it's kind of mind boggling. Well, (laughs) man, I don't want to take that thing again. Well, um, awesome. So I will, um, 
Maddie, I may get with you and get some of the resources references and try and put those down in the description below. So just so people can have some general information. Yes. I don't know if you know of any of them. You said I you work for ProLight. Yeah. It's my job. <laughs> I know, I, I know. <laughs> well, I can tell you personally. Uh, I mean, I don't honestly, know. if I'd known that, like, I mean, some somebody tried it or somebody was like, have you tried out like Hope Out Hope Outreach Parenting mm -hmm. Ministry? And I was mm -hmm. like, yeah. But I was like, eh, you know, like, but like now, but, but basically like we didn't buy diapers for Naomi until she was like 18 months old. So like, that's the kind of support we had. But like, mm -hmm. that's not the case for most people um, in this yeah. situation, like pregnancy resource centers where you can go like once a week and get diapers and get formula and get, you know, those things. And that's like the biggest. So, yeah. Well, I um, hadn't even heard of those uh, pregnancy crisis center until maybe a year and a half or so ago. Like I, I didn't even know they existed. I maybe kind of knew of the concept. I knew that there was definitely right. pro-life organizations out there, but right. specifically like that there were all these pregnancy crisis centers and, um, and I've since now right. learned that like how prevalent they are, but it's just like, I think people don't know about them. So there are resources. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. We're working on an advertising campaign for my, for mine <laughs> to tell more people about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Because I think I think more people than not a lot of times find themselves in they, they don't they don't find themselves like you guys. It sounds like I mean, God just kind of had you nestled in this great right. position to do it. But but from that, though, I think he I mean, part of that, I think um, you can look at that and be like, wow, we're so lucky. But, you know, I, I see it as like, wow, you're so blessed. And now you're able to provide like a, a very good example and be almost a resource for people and Ooh. through your own personal experience. But. Yeah, I won't belabor I it any longer. Kind of like a, not a cosmic joke because it's God. Like I got out of law, I got out of law school, and I texted Matthew, and I was like, "Or I taken the bar, didn't think I passed the first time." Mm -hmm. And Matthew is like, "I was like, hey, Costco's hiring for their uh, what was it like their customer service line, eighteen dollars an hour." He's like, "Maddie, you just graduated law school, you're not doing that." And I was like, <laughs> "I shouldn't have a job." And then I got a one of our friends from CrossFit. Mm -hmm told me about this job and it was like and then it was like I don't know if I should take it and it literally was like God was like Maddie here take this job I have it ready for you and I was like okay and here we are hmm. it's a mess but go. it's growing yeah. so and one thing that I love that you mentioned I think you maybe talked about kind of how Francie referenced it how like this was always God's plan for your life and right. yeah maybe you you know, maybe kind of messed it up or just accelerated yeah, exactly. the timeline, but that didn't stop his plan from being carried out and him and right. like you still being able to live within his will. And um, right. so it's, you know, it's almost like right passion, wrong way, wrong methods. Right. In some, in exactly. some way. My dad always talked about like, there's a good, better and a best like choice. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there's not necessarily a wrong choice. I mean, was ours wrong? I mean, I don't, you know, you can't, but like, was there maybe a better route for us to go yeah probably you know a little less turmoil maybe some more money I don't know mm -hmm. but here we are anyway and I from from just being like a bystander but being still kind of close to the situation being you know being in the same class same school all that stuff I can tell you um something that I'm, I'm grateful for weirdly. Um, I'm not trying to make it about myself, but like, I know a lot of times it's very easy to kind of judge people in those situations. And, um, 
but then being when you when you find yourself close to someone who is in that situation it automatically like i didn't even like i said i maybe had like a split second but then the rest was just like straight compassion because it's like i know you like and like i interact with you guys like we you know we play sports together we go to school together we like we've we've grown up together and so i i don't know it put me in a place where now when i look at those situations whereas before i would maybe think oh you know i harshly would probably think oh you know Oh, she was, she was sleeping around. Like she, you know, she asked for a kind of situation. And when in actuality, that's not necessarily the case, right? Like everyone makes mistakes. Like you said, everyone has whatever sins that they may struggle with. And that one just happens to be an outward one. And so um, I think from, from the bystander perspective, I'm definitely now one who's, I, I don't let myself fall into that judgment. I push for trying to have the grace and the compassion because I understand that like, I mean, seeing it firsthand now, hearing your story, like that's no small thing to be caught up in. And uh, they're probably not happy about it either. So, right. and they're, and they're not, nec- they're not any worse of they're a person. Like trying than to figure out what, like, yeah, not only are they dealing with like, what is going on? What am I doing? Like what, what choices do I have to make? But on top of the choices I have to decide, I have to deal with all of these other people that are, I mean, can either, I mean, it can change a person's literal choice in whether they are going to have that baby or if they're going to make a different choice, you know, for that baby's Mm -hmm. life. Like if there's judgment there or coercion, it can be a very different situation than what ours was. That's what my dad, my dad, what his other thing was like, I'm proud of you because you could have just gone and had an abortion and Mm -hmm. not told anybody, which I mean, like I literally wasn't even on, like it's, I said that. Are we done with the podcast part? Because I don't, I, this you is like, no, 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 no. I just, you <laughs> can put this in there. I get, I mean, I, but like, this is how you know you're raised right was I didn't even think about an abortion. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like even in my, uh, like before, like my brain, like it wasn't even like, I'm going to, I could have an abortion. It was like, oh, we're either going to have, I mean, I, I don't even think I ever thought about adoption. My dad did. Cause he was mm-hmm. like telling people like, he doesn't, I don't know what Maddie's decided yet. And he'll tell, he'll tell people today. Like he wanted to, me to put Naomi up for adoption. Francie and my grandma did not. And he was mm-hmm. like, I was wrong. He was like, I was wrong about that. I, he tells me like all the time now, I'm so glad that you didn't. Um, mm-hmm. But like, that's, I think like I say we were raised right in that. Like we valued life. Um not that like people are raised wrong, but I think our culture is just so distorted on what, what we value right now. Mm -hmm. Like how how we cannot see that like an innocent baby that can't protect itself is an inconvenience or uh, something to be gotten rid. Like, Oh, well, Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, I don't it. I don't want you right now. So right, right situation. But as you so, guys pointed out, I mean, it's brought you more joy than you could ever right. thought of. Yeah, like he said earlier, it's like it's like you didn't know, you didn't know, and all of a sudden that little person comes in the world, and you're just like one of my friends from law school didn't want kids, was on birth control and then got pregnant. I mean, wasn't sure that she could have kids, so she told herself she didn't want kids. And then she had her son, and she's like mm. Maddie, I didn't know. And I was like, I know Kelsey. Like, I, like you, you don't want to tell people who don't want kids because like you don't want to be condescending, but you don't know, man, until you mm-hmm. have 
to that little person and you're just like it's half you and half the person you love most and you're just like wow this is the best yeah well awesome i i thank you so much for being willing to come on and tell your story I honestly don't even know what to say, what to say in the outro from, you know, coming, coming out of that, that interview. So, I mean, I was, I will say this, I was extremely nervous because as I'm diving into these, you know, blessings from tragedy, it's, you're talking about very, very hard things and sensitive subjects with people. And I want to be respectful of that, but, um, they were awesome. Thank you again to, to Matthew and Maddie. Eminem, as I dubbed them in that episode right at the beginning, really starting off strong. Golly, you can always count on me to just throw random wrinkles in there. But incredible story. I'll just say the thing that really stuck out to me from this interview and was where she talked about Francie, her stepmom's quote, and that more or less was like, "This, this was, you know, Naomi. And you two getting married, having children, that was, you know, that, that was always God's plan, but it may, it it just got, maybe it came earlier than he originally intended. And, you know, in, in, in really directly from, you know, our, our faults and things, doing things the wrong way. And that's a, that's a powerful message because when you think about it, a lot of times, especially with this situation, you might look at it and say, you know, this is an accident. This wasn't intended. This wasn't supposed to happen. And at least from, from the Christian worldview, you, I mean, we believe that everything happens for a reason. And, and so I, I never, I never thought about it that way that, no, you were supposed to have this child. This child was always planned long before you were planned. God had a plan for you and, um, you know, but maybe through our faults or misplaced passions or, or, or sin, you know, it, it sped up, slowed down, altered the timing of that plan slightly or the situation around that plan. But it's still his plan nonetheless, and it still can work out for good. And I think we see that through their awesome, awesome story. And just one quick reminder, I don't know if we mentioned it in the interview. It might have been in one of the outtakes. But if uh, Maddie, who she has just taken, had her second try at the bar uh, right before recording this. And so to become a lawyer, because she went through law, law school. And at the time of recording, we didn't know if she hadn't gotten her results yet. So... I, uh, but since recording, she has, so I've put the, the big announcement, the results in the description down below, go click on that to find out if Maddie is officially, I guess, I don't know when are you officially licensed to practice law, a lawyer? I don't know how this works, but that's what I'm going to say. Just find out if she passed her bar. And I mean, I think so many people look at her situation would have never expected that. And on the same timeline that anyone else we graduated with would be achieving this feat. Think about that for that. To me, that is the biggest thing. Okay. Senior year, first baby doesn't stop her from going to college. Doesn't stop them from, from working just, just the same on the same timeline. And yeah, they had a lot of support and they did have to, you know, kind of do a dance to make it work. And then, and then, and then 
during that time, they say, well, we're building a family. And so that's what they keep doing, right? And they crank out two more. And now they're working on their fourth 10 years later. And that has not hindered, you know, it's maybe changed the way they've had to go about doing things. But it's not hindered, quote unquote, their progress in terms of career. But uh, I, think, I think the biggest thing that they have done is have a happy family and raising those children, regardless of whatever their, their, their job career, you know, I'd say in terms of life, and this is something that I've come to, am coming to, working towards, but recently have come to the conclusion, I think the, the, the best thing you can do in life is raise a happy family. And, you know, sadly, you know, things necessarily, we can raise our kids Christians and they're still going to fall away because they ultimately will have to make that choice for themselves. And we can do the best that we can. We can't control the outcome completely, but I think... I think we're in a we're in a culture now that almost puts that secondary to everything else, and the and the, and the most uh, the best thing that you can do, or the the most the way you can measure your success is well, are you the CEO? How high up in the corporate ladder have you gone? How many zeros in your bank account? When uh, I mean, especially after talking to them, the way they talk about their kids and their family, and it's just like it's it's joy that is unsurpassed, and or that that can't that is like only. It can only be experienced when you once you are there, and it is it is joy that is that I think is deeper than you know. Oh, making a million dollars, cool, that's great. But I mean, we we all know that the classic story that you know how many people have multiple mansions and then they're guess what they're super sad and depressed still because money doesn't bring fulfillment. But I believe that family and children and and taking on and building a family and building that next generation is something that we can find meaning, meaning, fulfillment and purpose through. And I think we need to actively try and seek to elevate these positive stories, these positive narratives around children. And I am going to avoid using the, (laughs) the, the, the catchphrase that I've almost used four times now. Um, that's a that was a popular political slogan uh, in recent elections so i'm going to i'm not going to say that but no we really do need to i think put a more positive light and yeah we can make jokes still that oh you know i've got kids and so i've got to go to bed at 7:30 or whatever you know you i you, you can't i can't do plans on a whim as much and that's fine and that is that is a part of it's not easy to have kids it's probably the hardest thing you're going to do just like marriage is arguably one of the hardest things you're going to do but it's one of the best and most fulfilling things you're going to do at the same time and so I'll just say this that you know I, I want to try and build positive stories, particularly around children, though, um, and kids, and how they are really the biggest blessing on so many people's lives. They come out of bad circumstances sometimes. That's the thing, and that's that's another conversation related to a different topic. But um, yeah, really powerful story. So last last shout out, thank you again to Matthew and Maddie, and if you. Or you have or know of a story that is a blessing from tragedy, no matter how big or small, that's the other thing that I think maybe can get lost in these bigger ones is you think you have to have some extravagant story. No, it can be no story is too small because no struggle. You know, we all have certain small struggles and and part of this is, is the relatability. People can relate whether they've had the same struggle or just that, ah, there's other people that are going through different struggles and things or have had tragedies that can they can look back and find blessings. So please, please reach out to me or the show. It's the Rambling Viking at gmail.com. It is the Rambling Viking Podcast on 
social media or you can i'm gus the bus 35 on social media or if you have my information you can call or text me but please let me know we'll get you on the show or if you just want to come on the show and chat about something you have something you're interested in i've got a you know there's been a couple people that have just wanted to come on and want to have a good conversation i'm open to that too but that does it for this episode thank you for being a part of the hanyak horde thank you for listening please go make sure to share this subscribe go leave a review Um, send in any feedback you might have or let me know if you have a story that you want to tell this is your head honyak signing off